Good morning, everybody. Welcome. Glad you're here this morning. It's great to be in the house of the Lord and to fellowship with one another, to share the love of God with one another. And we're glad that you're here. We welcome our guests, especially today, and hope that you'll feel very much a part of our family as we worship the Lord together. And one of the things we like to do is to have a moment of greeting. So let me invite you to stand up and turn around, shake the hands of the people around you, greet somebody, find somebody you don't know or don't know very well, and, and introduce yourself. Thank you so much. How nice it is to express the love of God to one another. A few announcements I'd like to uh, call to your attention this morning. First of all, let me remind you of the attendance sheets that are on the clipboard on each row. We'd like to ask if you would uh, to take that and fill it out. Let me ask you something. How many of you are receiving the uh, our email newsletter? It comes out every Thursday on the email. Raise your hands if you're receiving that. Okay, if you are not receiving that, you we, you can't receive that until we get your email address. So if you want to receive that, put your email address on the uh, attendance sheets there. So it has all the news of upcoming events and things like that. So if you'd like to receive that, please make sure that we have your email uh, on the attendance sheets there. Uh, several announcements we have, uh, some things that are coming up this week. Uh, on, on today, we have several meetings today. This is the second installment of our meeting Sundays. Uh, this is for our reconstituted uh, mission teams, ministry teams, and things like that. And today, the uh, outreach team and the youth team and the children's team will meet uh, this afternoon to uh, make some plans for the upcoming year and kind of get organized for the upcoming year. So if you're a part of one of those teams, please take note in your worship folder of when the, that meeting will be and be here this afternoon. On Wednesday, we have our fall festival, which is always a highlight in our year. It's a great time uh, a great time of fellowship. It's a great time for us to reach out to our community. There will be a lot of folks here um, eating chili and hot dogs and playing games and dressed up in, in costumes. And uh, it's just a fun, fun time. So we invite you to come and be a part of that on Wednesday evening at 530. We'll start. And um, Dorothy is doing her usual great job at getting everything organized. But she has requested donations. We are looking for donations of hot dogs, buns. Crackers, cookies, cupcakes, candy, and money for the chili. So if you can help in that way, please see Dorothy, and uh, she'll be glad to uh, take any assistance that she, that she can get there here. Also, in a couple of weeks, the uh, Kentucky Baptist Convention will be meeting at Severns Valley Baptist Church in Elizabethtown. That's on November the 13th and the 14th. And if anyone would like to uh, serve as a messenger from Community Baptist to uh, to that convention, uh, please let us know as soon as possible so we can make sure we get uh, get that taken care of and get the credentials to you. And um, also one other thing, something that's coming up on November the 18th, um, we're going to have another joining Sunday. We have we've had a couple of these uh, before, and this is a Sunday where. It's, we're just giving you an opportunity to join the church. Perhaps you have not uh, taken that opportunity. Uh, perhaps you've been thinking about it for a while and just haven't taken that step to do that. And we just want to make it easy for you to do that. So uh, that'll be a day when, when several people will be joining at the same time, probably. And uh, we invite you to consider that as that day comes up. Just uh, have that as a time of prayer. One more thing before we go on with our worship service today and... That is that today is Jerry Richardson's birthday. 
Jerry Richardson's birthday. And how many is this? Is this uh, 17? 17. So let's sing happy birthday to Jerry. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Jerry. Happy birthday to you. Let's stand together and sing praises to God.
today, O oh God. We want you to open our hearts that we might bring praise to you and to worship you in spirit and in truth. Pour out your spirit into our spirits that we may become more and more like you each day. Give us courage to live each day walking in your footsteps and following in the path that you have set before us. And Lord, remind us today. That even though life may be at times difficult, we have nothing to fear for you are with us. And even as we face death, O oh God, you have gone before us and have prepared a place for us in your house. May your spirit bring blessings upon each of us today. In Christ's name, amen. amen. We want you to come. Miss Pam is going to be with you today right over this side. 
In June, the farmer planted his pumpkin seeds just like he did every summer. The seeds disappeared into the ground in neat rows and grew there in the dark all through the 4th of July. This is what the story means. The seed is God's teaching. Luke 8, 11. Okay. From each seed, a tiny green shoot slowly poked its way out of the soil. Soon, long green vines stretched across the ground. Their leaves opened wide to catch the August sun. From those vines, tiny buds sprouted into little pumpkins. The pumpkins began to grow. How different they looked. Some were tall and lean. Some were short and round. Some had lumps and bumps. They were all pumpkins. My hand made all things. All things are here because I made them, says the Lord. Isaiah 66, 2. Now, October came at last. Every night grew dark earlier than the night before, and the farmer knew it was harvest time. His workers brought in the ripe pumpkins. Which one would the farmer choose? Open your eyes. Look at the fields that are ready for harvesting now. John 4:35. The farmer picked up one large pumpkin, taking great care. Pumpkins are tough on the outside, but break into smithereens if dropped. He washed off all the dirt, holding on tight. Get up, be baptized, and wash your sins away. Acts 22:16. Next came the messy part. The pumpkin was filled with seeds and slimy pulp. The farmer had a special plan for his chosen pumpkin, so the seeds and slime would have to go. Create in me a pure heart, God. Psalm 51:10. He slowly slid in his knife and cut all the way around the top of the pumpkin. Gently he pulled the stem, and it came off like a lid. God's word is alive and working. It is sharper than a sword, sharpened on both sides. It cuts all the way into us. And God's word judges the thoughts and feelings in our hearts. Hebrews 4.12 The farmer looked inside. Squishy, stringy pulp waited for him. Yuck! I am the Lord, and I can look into a person's heart. Jeremiah 17.10 The farmer carved a triangle for each eye. Pumpkins have eyes that don't blink or turn away. They see everything. The eye is a light for the body. If your eyes are good, then your whole body will be full of light. Matthew 6:22. He neatly made a little square for the nose, and then he carved a big, wide smile. Happiness makes a person smile. Proverbs 15:13. The farmer put a small candle inside his pumpkin and touched the wick with a flame. How that pumpkin glowed. God once said, let the light shine out of the darkness. And this is the same God who made his light shine in our hearts. 2 Corinthians 4, 6. The pumpkin on the porch shone brightly for everyone to see. When people saw the smiling pumpkin, they all smiled back. In the same way, you should be light for other people. Live so that they will see the good things you do. Live so that they will praise our Father in heaven. Matthew 5:16. All the neighbors knew that once again the farmer had turned a simple pumpkin into a simply glorious sight. 
In the same way, God the Father offers his children the chance to be made new, full of joy and full of light, shining like stars in a dark world. If anyone belongs to Christ, then he's made new. The old things have gone. Everything is made new. 2 Corinthians 5:17. And we want to be able to say that God's this week that God's patient, loving, transforming love fills our own hearts with joy and light. Amen. And yes, I do have a treat for you. But I wanted, Alana's not here. I made sure there was no chocolate in here today because that seems to be a problem if the kids come back and melt all over everybody. But y'all come over here to the side. I might find something for you, okay? All right. Yeah. 
Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this day and for everyone here today. Please take these tithes and offerings and give them to those that are less fortunate than us. In your name I pray, amen. Never crying again 
praises to the great I am. We will live in the light of the risen land. See all around how the nations bow down to sing. The only sound is the praises to Christ our King. Slowly the names from the book are read. I know the King, there's no need to dread. No more pain, no more tears, never crying again. Praises to the great I am, we will live in the light. Of the risen Lamb See over there A mansion prepared for me Where I will live With my Savior eternally technical difficulties and there's no sound with that so we'll just move on with the rest of our service which is the scripture reading our scripture for today comes from the gospel of Luke chapter 20 beginning with verse 27 some Sadducees who do not believe in a resurrection came to Jesus and asked him a question teacher Moses wrote that if a man's brother dies, leaving a wife but no children, the man shall marry the widow and raise up children for his brother. Suppose there were seven brothers. The first married and died childless. Then the second. And the third married. And so in the same way, all seven died childless. Finally, the woman also died. 
in the resurrection, whose wife will she be? For all seven had married her. Jesus said to them, those who belong to this age marry and are given in marriage. But those who are worthy of a place in that age and in the resurrection from the dead, they neither marry nor are given in marriage. Indeed, they cannot die anymore because they are like angels and are children of God, being children of the resurrection. And Moses himself showed that the resurrection is true in the story about the burning bush, where he speaks of the Lord as the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. Now, God is God, not of the dead, but of the living, for to God, all of them are alive. This is the word of God for you and me. I recently heard about a man who had spent his entire adult life in the Air Force. And so one of his friends suggested that the family play the Air Force theme song at his funeral. However, his wife vetoed that idea. She said with a laugh, we are not going to play a song that begins, off we go into the wild blue yonder at your father's funeral. Well, I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure I could think of anything more appropriate than that, to be honest with you. A man named Arthur Schiff died last year at the age of 66. You may not recognize his name, but I can promise you that you have heard his voice. Because you see, Arthur Schiff was a TV pitchman extraordinaire. He sold everything that you can think of. And he accomplished this in some 2,000 late-night TV commercials. I know you've heard some of his commercials. By now, he would always say. And then he would describe his product's amazing virtues. And, and, then, he, and then he would use a phrase that he coined himself. But wait! There's more. And then he would give you one more bonus product to sweeten the deal. And everything, of course, would be sold for $19.95. When Arthur was assigned to sell an uninspiring steak knife, he came up with the Japanese name Jinsu. Anybody remember the Jinsu knives? Yeah. Arthur used the amazing tagline to describe the Jinsu's. He would say, in Japan, the hand can be used as a knife, but this method doesn't work very well on tomatoes. And then he would smash a tomato with a karate chop. You know, I can't help but to wonder if, as Arthur Schiff took his dying breath this past year, if he didn't hear a voice saying to him, but wait, Arthur, there's more. Carl Shaw in his book titled Oddballs and Eccentrics, tells about Charles Radcliffe, who was the fifth Earl of Derwentwater. seems that Radcliffe was a gamomaniac. Anybody ever heard that term? I hadn't either until I read it just, just a little while or just earlier this week. Um, apparently, a gamomaniac is an obsessive-compulsive disorder that is characterized by the persistent Proposals of marriage. And Charles Radcliffe proposed on 15 different occasions to the reluctant Countess of Newburgh, who became so annoyed by this 
constant harassment that she bolted herself into her room and gave her servant strict orders to throw him off of the property any time they saw him. But the earl was not to be undone. He finally found a way into her house by climbing up onto the roof of the house and lowering himself down through the chimney into her drawing room. And there he stood, black from soot, where he made his 16th proposal of marriage. And this time his persistence paid off as she agreed to become his wife. I guess he had finally worn her down. You know, that's a pretty remarkable story, isn't it? Sixteen times rebuffed, and he had to climb down a chimney before she finally accepted his proposal. It is a story that is almost as extraordinary as another story about marriage that the Sadducees posed for Jesus. Now, as we tell this story, we need to remember that the Sadducees did not believe in life beyond the grave. And yet still they posed this question for Jesus. Teacher, they said. Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies and leaves a wife but no children, the man must marry his brother's widow and have children on behalf of the brother. But suppose there were seven wives or seven brothers, and the first one married a woman and died without a child. And so the second and then the third married her, and in the same way, all seven died, leaving no children behind. Finally, the woman died too. So at the resurrection, whose wife will she be, since she married all seven of them? It's quite a question, isn't it? My first thought is, men, stay away from this woman. (laughs) She's bad luck. Kind of makes you wonder if a little arsenic and old lace is going on here, or or, uh, a black widow spider poisoning her husbands. Seven times a widow. It's pretty remarkable. But that's beside the point. Theoretically, what the Sadducees wanted to know was, whose wife will she be in heaven? Now, remember, the Sadducees didn't believe in heaven. They didn't believe in heaven in the first place. So obviously they were trying to trick Jesus into saying something that they could use against him. And they weren't really interested in what Jesus had to say about eternity. They simply wanted to trip him up. But as usual, Jesus was up to the occasion. Jesus replied, the people of this age marry and are given in marriage, but those who are considered worthy of taking part in the age to come and in the resurrection from the dead will neither marry nor be given in marriage. For they can no longer die. They're like the angels. They are God's children since they are children of the resurrection. But in the account of the burning bush, even Moses showed that the dead rise. For he calls the Lord the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Well, God is not the God of the dead, for God is the God of the living, for to God all of these are alive. Do you see what is happening here? In this answer to the Sadducees' question, Jesus was firmly putting himself 
into the camp of those who believe in the resurrection. And of course, it would not be too long before he was making resurrection a reality in his own life by his own return from the grave. God is not the God of the dead, said Jesus, but of the living. For to God, all are alive. So you see, my friends, when our hearts are heavy with grief, At the graveside of a loved one, Jesus is saying to us, but wait, there is more. And this is the most important good news that humanity has ever received. Everything else pales in significance. We hear about breakthroughs in the medical community from time to time. We hear about progress on the war on cancer or the war on heart disease or diabetes or Alzheimer's. And and we're grateful for that because we want to cling on to life. But deep down in our hearts, we know that these are only holding actions because there is one thing in life that remains inevitable. And that is that we all, at some point or another, will die. And all of us will lose people who we love to death. But there is no more hopeful good news that can come to us than that which was announced 2,000 years ago. Which is, death has been defeated. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? Said Paul in Corinthians. Let me tell you about a man named Arthur Stace of Sydney, Australia. Stace was given the nickname of Mr. Eternity during his lifetime. And this nickname reflected the incredible impact that this one man had on his fellow countrymen. Stace grew up in desperate circumstances. He was the son of alcoholics left to fend for himself. When he was very young, he rarely went to school. He had to steal in order to support himself. He worked in a variety of criminal enterprises. He became addicted to alcohol himself and he lived on the streets. But then in 1930, Arthur Stace heard the message of Jesus Christ and he turned his life over to his Savior. And inspired by an evangelist message about eternity, Arthur Stace began writing the word eternity wherever he went. He would just write the word eternity wherever he went. He tried to to keep his his new vocation a secret, writing this important word on sidewalks or on the side of public buildings each night in the city of Sydney. He believed that God was calling him to remind others to consider their spiritual state. And the citizens of Sydney could not stop talking about this mysterious man who wrote the word eternity on every public place that he could reach. They soon nicknamed him Mr. Eternity. Well, in 1956, a pastor discovered the identity of Mr. Eternity and interviewed him for a local newspaper. Arthur Stace died in 1967. 
having written the word eternity over a half a million times throughout the city of Sydney. You may remember in the year 2000, when Sydney hosted the Summer Olympics, city officials honored the memory of Arthur Stace by stringing golden lights across the Sydney Harbor Bridge that spelled out that one crucial word, eternity. Thirty-three years after his death, a formerly homeless man was making his influence felt by his obsession with that one simple word, eternity. Folks, let me tell you something. No one had to tell Arthur Stace, wait, there's more. Because he knew there was more. He knew there was more. And in the same way, I hope that no one has to convince you that there is life beyond the grave. I know sometimes it seems to be too good to be true, but without eternity, life doesn't make much sense. And I know that most people are afraid of death. Nothing could be more human than that. I mean, after all, this world's a beautiful place and who would ever want to leave it? And life is so precious. So we we want to hang on to it for as long as we can. But some people are rather cynical about death. They're cynical about what comes after death. And it's it's no, no wonder that people are afraid of death. For some of us, death represents the great unknown. And sure, we may read the biblical accounts of the resurrection and and we believe, but still there's that hesitancy for many of us. Reverend George Alexander tells a profoundly moving story about a woman that he met when he was beginning his clinical pastoral education. She was 71 years old, and he was just 24 at the time. She had a lifetime of experiences, and he was just beginning his struggles with the mysteries of ministry. She told him about her life, the good times, the bad times, the wonderful times, the awful times. She told him about her husband and her children, her grandchildren, her church, her Lord, She was warm. She was candid. She said, I've lived a good life. She said, the Lord has been good to me, but my husband is gone now. My children are gone. It's time to rest. It's time to go home, to be with God and to be with my husband. Well, Alexander, with his with the inexperience of youth, he thought that she was just afraid of the surgery that she was facing. And so. He tried to reassure her about the, how good the doctors were and, and how well she would be taken care of. And, and she said, oh, I know, these are fine doctors and the nurses are great, but I've had a good life. I've had a full life and I've, I'm ready to go home. Well, this young pastor-to-be was baffled in the face of her contentment. She was so calm. And so the nurses came to take her to surgery and and she asked him to read the 23rd Psalm and he read it. And as he read it, she shouted it. (laughs) 
And the nurses joined in in what became an unforgettable moment of joy. He later went to see her, but the nurses met him and told him that before this woman of faith could be put to sleep, she went to sleep and she went on to be with God. Here is how George Alexander sums up this experience. He said, I had listened critically with ears and mind, but my heart knew. I named the voice of God fear, accepted the joy in her life and denied, denied the enthusiasm of her death. I stood next to eternity. And I couldn't accept it. You know, many of us are just like that. For many of us, eternity is a concept, but not a reality. And we give intellectual assent to it with our minds, but we still fear it in our hearts. A child was afraid to go down into a dark basement. And so she said, Daddy, I have to go downstairs. Would you come with me? And as she thinks about it for a moment, she adds, Daddy, would you go first and turn on the lights? I wish Arthur Schiff, the TV pitch man, could come back to us this morning and testify. But wait, there's more. Ah, but of course we do have someone who has been to the other side and who has returned to tell us that he has prepared for us a place In God's house. Jesus said. God is not the God of the dead. But of the living. For to God all are alive. What great hope that gives to all of us. As we face the possibility. Of our own mortality. And what great hope that gives. For those who have lost loved ones. To the inevitability of death. And that's why God is a God of hope. Because Christ has gone before us to turn on the light, to show us the way, and to assure us forever that there's nothing to fear from death. Amen. We're going to give you an opportunity to respond to the movement of God's spirit in your life as we sing together our hymn of response, number 62, all the way my Savior leads me. There may be someone here today who needs to make a commitment to Jesus Christ, to accept him as your Lord and Savior, as Arthur Stace did so many years ago, to begin your journey of a life of faith wherever that takes you as God leads you. Perhaps you're looking for a church home to be a part of, and we invite you to unite with our church as we try to be the people of God in this community. If God's dealing in your heart in any way today, we invite you to come as we sing together number 62. All the way, my Savior leads me.
Lead us, O God, in the paths of your righteousness. Give us strength to face each day and give us hope for the day when we will meet you face to face. For it is in Christ's name who went before us, we pray. Amen. Thank you.